0: You're listening to the Journey to Launch Podcast, a real talk roundtable discussion about what financial independence means for people of color and how we can reach it. 10 seconds. Welcome to the Journey to Launch Podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant.
1: As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in in five, four,
0: three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to an episode of the Journey to Launch podcast. This is episode 85, and it's an important one. Now, privilege, race, wealth gap, All those things are things that are important to talk about um, for people of color, particularly and everyone actually on the journey to financial independence. It affects everyone. And as a person of color myself, as a black woman, I am not blind (laughs) to the fact. I mean, I, I can't be blind to the fact of what those things, what my race, and even gender, like how that impacts my journey to financial freedom and independence. And so for me, it's really important to highlight important topics and things in which it can help us as a community, people of color, do better to reach our dreams, to reach financial independence. I mean, my goal is really to bring this to more people to you, to my people, and that doesn't discount anyone else's journey. You know, Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I learn and listen to everyone. I like talking to everyone. I can learn from anyone, and therefore, that's why my content is the way it is because I'm just fascinated by other people's story, and so I can always find a relatable point um, with anyone, even if they don't look like me, even if their background is totally different. They could be a trust fund baby, but... If I'm able to hear something in them that just inspires me, I can take that one point and run with it and apply it into my life. Hence, the way my content is and why I draw inspiration from many, everywhere. But that does not negate or take away from the fact that for people of color, for black people, especially in America, the wealth gap is real, systematic oppression is real, and I'm gonna be doing hopefully another episode on this um, to talk more about it, but in this particular episode, I wanted to bring on a few other people in the financial independent space, in the personal finance space, people of color, and have a just open dialogue on what it means to be a black and brown person on this journey. What are the unique situations that we face? What are the things that we should consider? And so um, we were able to do that. I'm excited. So I have on the podcast today Nasima from Financially Intentional, Carmen Perez from Make Real Sense, Tamika from the House of FI podcast, and Kirsten and Julian from Rich and Regular. Now, few of them have been on the podcast already. So you you've heard them before, but they're going to come back and we're all talking. We're all doing just a real talk discussion about our particular journeys, what caused us to join the personal finance slash financial independence space. We're going to talk a bit about privilege. So, yep, we're going to go there. We're going to talk about the main privilege that many of us know of. Yes, white privilege, white male privilege, but we're also going to talk about our own separate privileges as people in this space and who have been able to accomplish what we have. And, you know, my goal for this episode is to open dialogue, right? We all have our different perspectives and journeys. No one is the same. We all have unique starting points. We all have different tools in our, in our toolbox. And so my goal here is just to have an open conversation and you're going to hear that. And I really hope that it can be of an inspiration to you. I really hope that it helps you further along your journey. So if you want any of the episode show notes, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 85. There you'll be able to just see any other things we talked about in terms of links. Also, I'd love to hear what you think on social media. I'm Journey to Launch at Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So at me, let me know you're listening to the episode. Let me know if you what you took away from it. Do you did you did a particular point strike a chord? Did you disagree with something? Let me know. We wanna hear from you. Also, this episode is brought to you by the Journeyer Launch Club. The Launch Club is my membership community for journeyers who want to take their learning and their experience of financial independence to the next level. So if you are looking for extended resources beyond the podcast, and so if you need more resources around how to reach financial independence, go to journeytolaunch.com slash launch club for more information. All right, let's hop into this conversation. Okay, so this conversation journey, this is an important one to have, this is an important discussion, and I'm excited, excited to be able to bring it to you, to bring you this roundtable discussion. So let me introduce everyone so you know who is talking. First up, we have Nasima from Financially Intentional. Nasima was on episode 16 of the podcast, and it's time that we spoke to Nasima. She had paid off 300 thousand dollars of debt now she's up to a million dollars paid off of debt amazing next up we have carmen perez from make real sense carmen has not been on the podcast as a solo guest yet but we're gonna probably change that in the future so welcome carmen next up we have tamika from the house of fi podcast she co-hosts that with wendy and she was on episode 30 of the podcast. And she talked about her six-figure side hustle, her lice clinic, and just in general, her journey to financial independence. She also blogs over at The Reluctant Frugalist. Then last but not least, we have Kirsten and Julian from Rich and Regular. And they were on episode 43, where they discuss how they are on their journey to reach financial independence. So welcome, everyone. Let's hop Right into the discussion. What it do? What it do?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, so I don't know about you guys, but when I first stumbled into personal finance and specifically financial independence, that whole this whole thing, I had no clue about it. And I didn't see many people who looked like me doing it. you know, There were a couple stories here and there, but I just didn't feel like that connected to many of them. Now, I learned from different types of people, and I love listening to different types of people. And on this podcast, I interview different types of people, but I really saw a lack of myself in the narrative and in the story. And so I wanted to change that. I wanted to interject more voices of color. I wanted to interject my story into this movement. Now, when I think about like that, it's kind of clear why I started. But I just want to hear from you just how you came to financial independence, how you came to want to share your story. So Tamika, you can go first into what led you into this.
3: I also remember when I got into the space and it was very dominated by uh, white male. I listened to white male speakers. And the thing that brought me into their podcast. Like Joshua Sheets or uh, Choose FI was that they they seemed to have a lot of the same issues that I was having at the time. And that was something that I could relate to. But in being in the space um, and actually convincing my friends, convincing my family to join the space, it was a much bigger and uphill battle. Um, And so that's when I started to notice that there was a lack of diversity in the messaging and in. Um, the people that were already in that space, or at least I hadn't found them yet. And I, I think it's important to let people know that we're here and that we do want to support them in ways, um, and we do want them to relate and then make the decisions that, that best suit their families and their
4: lifestyles.
0: Okay, and Rich and Regular, well, how about you guys? I mean, I think
4: the same thing that Tamika said, it was it was missing. And when we did see all the niches within FIRE, there were people who were proud to be doctors and people who were proud to be frugal and, you know, eating out of dumpsters and people who were proud to be engineers, and we're proud to be Black. And so we wanted to make sure that that was central to our message. It, it really wasn't um, coming from a place of, you know, saviorship. That's not even a word, but it is today. Um, we We just felt like that's something that we're proud of. And to talk about our journey without mentioning the context of how different it is as Black people would be, disingenuous. We just really wanted it to be at the forefront of our message.
2: I'm going to jump in because I actually have a little bit of a different perspective. Mine was actually from like, I was just really more annoyed than anything because, um, and not even like at at other media, I was actually annoyed uh, at black media because when you, even if you just Google rich or, or successful, like there's a very particular look and, and we are actually quite deliberate to not convey that. Right. And so everyone kind of looks and feels the same and they're all buttoned up and dressed up. And that's great because that is a rep, that is representative of a particular uh, group of people. Um, however, there are tons of people who don't look like that, who don't dress like that, who don't talk, who aren't college educated, Um, that I felt are a bit turned off by that sort of message, right? And so we know that those images are really powerful. Uh, And while we may not represent all of those things, we just represent who we are. Um, We wanted to be really clear that, that, hey, you don't have to look like that or or talk like that or be from this school or any of those other things. It doesn't matter. You can pursue this lifestyle as long as you're willing to uh, do the work.
0: Right. Love that. Nassima,
1: what about you? I felt like I wanted to document my journey. I didn't want to have to repeat myself over and over. I wanted to share my journey, but without having to repeat myself over and over. So initially, my audience was, you know, black millennial females who just happen to have kids because <laughs> that's who my friends are. And I was just like, I just know how impactful these messages and these things that I'm learning are. I know how impactful it is to um, have financial freedom, the options that it gives you. And so I wanted that for all my friends and then it kind of just expanded from there. And I know that if they would have heard Dane Ramsey say it, it wouldn't have resonated with them the same way. So, you know, I like to put my little twist on, on things, even though the message is the same, it really depends on the messenger, how people perceive the message and it kind of has to be relatable. I'm not relatable in all ways to everybody. But I know that there's a, a group of people just like me that needed to hear it and they needed to hear it from me. So I feel like it would have been a disservice if I didn't share my story.
0: Mm-hmm. And Carmen, you know, for you, you're not in you can clarify what you where you stand in this FI movement, because honestly, I feel as though like you don't have to be FI focused to want to listen to any of our stuff or read our stuff. Because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to build wealth for ourselves, for our family, for future generations. And so if you're on the path of FI intentionally to do that, that's fine. But Carmen, for you, I remember like you had this whole Instagram story about the wealth gap and you were going in sharing that content. So talk about for you
5: why that was so important and why you were so passionate about sharing that. Yeah, so I kind of stumbled in and I won't say that I'm like, a a fire person per se, but definitely a supporter of uh, financial independence. And if that will be achievable for me, that'll be something um, that I will aim to do as I pivot from paying off a ton of debt to now going into this new space of saving and trying to see what that future looks like. Um, And when talking about, you know, the wealth gap and how it relates to people of color. The reason why I was so passionate about it, um, it's because we were asked, essentially, we were asked to speak on a panel about, um, you know, ideas and ways to kind of bridge that gap. And I think that I got so passionate about it because of the nature of the industry that I'm in. I work at a private firm where I am one of maybe at most uh, 10 people of color on our floor and, and even a smaller community within the entire company. Um, so the representation is not there and you don't see it at a lot of levels. And to Nassima's point, um, the way that I kind of started sharing my message, I, I fell into it. I wanted to be that example lead and lead by example for my friends, uh, but not only my friends, but also people of color where I didn't know that there were other people in this space uh, doing the same thing and trying to get the, the same message out to the community just in, the, in a different way. And however, like you said, Nasima, um, it all depends on the messenger. So,
0: Right. And so I think one of the biggest things, like you're talking about, like the wealth gap for us as people of color is that so many people who do get drawn to this idea of reaching financial independence and getting out of debt, they're starting from – disadvantaged backgrounds they're starting with a lot of debt and so maybe this concept of fi like seems great but not realistic so like what do you say to that like let's talk about that let's talk about the facts that due to systematic racism through the things that are still happening today things that were actually put in place like laws that were put in place that kept us back um and how it still affects us today how that actually not a level playing field so how can we address that but then also translate it to, but let's not make that hold us back. Like, we still need to, like, move forward. So, you know, that kind of, like, we know that that's what's happening, but how do we now empower ourselves to do better and t- teach our people to do better? So, um, Tamika, you can you can take that.
3: You know, there's a lot that has to do with the psychological side of reaching financial independence or even cleaning up and um, making responsible choices when it comes to money. And it goes so much deeper than just I have I come from generations of, of stability and therefore now that I've had this experience growing up, I can be completely frugal and um eat out of whatever or get stuff from the alley. You know, that's somebody's experience. But for a lot of us today, and I did write about this this is our first generation making the kind of money that we're making. And we were, we grew up feeling that we needed to appear a certain way and do twice as much or three times as much and um, always be perfect. So to now reach a point where we have the financial ability to continue down that path, the path that we feel like got us to this point, for somebody to say that, you know, you then have to change your mindset and begin to build wealth for others and for your future generations and for yourself. It's just a very difficult thing. Um, And I feel like it's very specific to either being somebody who comes from a lower class that makes it to a higher class, and that there is a link with those numbers and proportions to being a minority because we tend to come from that lower class, middle class, lower class, and now we're reaching these new levels of income and knowing what to do with it. I feel like that's part of my goal is to change the mindset and whoever listens, listens. I speak directly to black people. I speak to whoever's going to support me, but I just feel like the issue, the issues that we feel, the issues that we face specifically, um, just go so much deeper than issues that other other groups face. Like I wrote an article called, I can't remember what it was called, something about when you finally get that money, like now you want me to not spend it? Like what is that even, talk, what are you talking about? But that's really the hump that you have to get over. Uh, and so it's I feel like it's our job to, Make those connections and change those mindsets for people that um, are following or they're right along some of them make more than me, so they're they're right along with us, but the mindset is is the goal.
1: Neima you can go ahead. So I think that a lot of us, like Tamika said, it's like our first generation making money. We were pushed um, from very young to be successful by any means necessary, but we weren't necessarily taught okay, now once you make it, what you're supposed to do with that, or on that pathway to getting where you need to go, you shouldn't be taking out student loans. You shouldn't be, you should be investing early. We weren't taught those things. These are things that we kind of had to learn on our own and discover on our own. And I don't think that that should be how it is, but systematically, you know, or systemically, that's, that's kind of how it's, um been for our generation like and i just look back like my grandfather um you know he was like the first in his family to actually like own a house his deed said um no blacks or orientals on it you know what i'm saying and he just broke that barrier then you know he raised my father but my father was like on some panther stuff and you know he was like a revolutionary <laughs> you know and so money wasn't the thing for him So growing up, I'm the first generation that actually pursued the highest level of education that I did, the higher level of education. I mean, I have people in my family that are educated, but not as highly educated and the first person to make this amount of money. So people... Thought, regardless of, you know, how much was in my bank account that I made it. So I personified that person that already knew what they was doing with money because I made a lot of money, but it didn't mean anything. I mean, you know, looking back, you know, it doesn't mean anything to make a lot of money. It's what you do with the money. And so that's the standpoint that we're coming from. And there's a lot of people out here that earn really, really good salaries, but they've just never been taught what to do with it. And I feel like there's a huge void there, and I hope and I know that we're filling that void. So,
4: mm, I love that, <laughs> love that. What well, What are your thoughts on this, uh, Julian Kirsten? Yeah, I'll just piggyback on the brilliance of Tamika and Asima. I think there's a there's a lot of things at play here. One, um, we we definitely have some psychology issues that you know, we were taught conformity as a means of survival. And so when you ask someone to blatantly go against the grain and forget everything you heard, there's a fight or flight reaction that is very real. And that comes with, you know, don't spend your money. Um, The other thing is that historically, um, I think I read this on Twitter. So whoever brilliantly said this on Twitter, but literacy has always been a path to freedom for black people. Whether it's financial literacy or actual literacy, we have always had to overcome someone telling us that we can't. And that is the way to freedom. And I think the wave that we're in right now is our money. Our money is going to be our path to break some of these systemic issues because it opts you out of the system that oppresses you. And, and you know, that's that's the goal. And, sorry, I didn't mean to cut I'm you off, there. Julie. <laughs> <laughs> but I will also say we also come from a history of wealth. The first black millionaire in America uh, and the first woman millionaire was, was black. It was Madam CJ Walker. And so we, we blazed past before and we can do it again. Like, I think black women especially uh, have a right to be rich. It is a divine right and we, we should own that. And I think it starts with saving our money and not necessarily spending it on,
2: you know, material things. Yeah, I mean, I'll have covered a lot of those bases. I would just say education is, is, is really, really important. And that might seem like a basic thing, but, um, what I mean by that is not necessarily going to school or going to college because unfortunately these things aren't taught in college. So you really need to immerse yourself in, uh, communities and, and whether it's blogs or, you know, having more and more conversations like this, um, and undertake a self-education, you know, curriculum, for lack of a better word. Uh, to do that, even after you have graduated from college, you need to commit to doing that because there are so many stories that are untold. And, and um, she's not here, um, but I want to say, as it, uh, a young lady by the name of Angel Rich, that I think is doing yeah. incredible things um, in, in helping to lay the foundation for that. She wrote a book uh, that talks about this sort of thing. Uh, I want to say it's the history of black wealth. There's another book. That came out called Black Fortunes, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there it is, History of the Black Dollar. Um, that book is phenomenal. Uh, there's another one I want to say uh, that's out there, but there are tons of them, you know that that are out there. We need to start adding that to the curriculum, right? You, you, if you ask in general, right, I'm, I'm not polling anyone, but if you just ask people to name some black authors, they will probably start naming a lot of the classics, but they don't really name a lot of these authors that are, you know, researchers or, or, or economists or business people um, that have a long and rich history of understanding how the black dollar uh, has grown and in some cases been terrorized. And so those, that's, that's where we come into play. Uh, well, we need to start talking about those things. In fact, we all need to start writing those things. Everybody that's on this conversation, in my opinion, is equipped to write their own book from their own perspective and to start helping to share uh, this information. So all that to say, you know, education, let's let's widen the definition of that and stop talking about education from a standpoint of a traditional college education and start talking about everyday education, learning, consuming content, that uh, enriches our mind in a way that uh, that makes us more productive and wealthy.
0: Right. Oh, my gosh. So you guys are killing it with just the points here. I mean, from especially the view of the, the fact that we don't come too far from poverty ourselves. So, you know, especially like for me being first generation immigrant, like I myself was born in Jamaica, my mom came here from Jamaica, so she herself and didn't have much back then. And like you're saying, so this concept for a lot of people of wait, so you want me to like live on how much like I make this much, but you want me to like like live on half of that Like I, I'm struggling To not do that One I think there's a lot Of inherent self-worth That needs to be done Um, and, and I think we all have it I think sometimes Just as a culture We forget that Um, And so That inherent self-worth That a lot of people I think are covering up By material things And again It's not a bad thing To want nice things And you know Whether that's a nice car Nice house Nice bag I'm actually I'm, I'm more of Do what works for you And what works in your budget Just don't complain then That you can't You know quit your job like if that's what you want to do you have to understand that it's interesting because i think that is a struggle making this appealing for a lot of people when that's all they know like they know one way so i like i think we all do a you know our job or we're trying to do the job of showing people you can still have fun you can still be fly you can still be part of the culture even by doing this right like it doesn't mean you know and i love the the concept of you know we had to assimilate to survive cuz that's true like you didn't want to stick out too much and nowadays it's kind of just like no 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 like, but you can like figure out a path that is all your own like you do have the freedom to make choices but it really does start with a lot of education and it starts at like home all right so i think for a lot of us who are parents um you know it's going to start with like teaching our kids from now not only how you manage money, but that self-worth concept. All right, so one of the things that I see, actually, um, it's funny. So, you know, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups and just online communities, and sometimes I'll see, like, conversations around privilege. And people get very touchy when you talk about privilege. So I want to talk about that a bit. First, I want to actually talk about our privilege, even sitting here, because there are some people who are listening to this and it's like, well, you guys are the type of black people that actually and brown people who make, like money, right? Like you guys earn a lot of money um, and what a lot is relative. I know that. Um, and so there might be someone listening to well, I only earn minimum wage, right? So you have a certain amount of privilege because you have income or you had a certain amount of privilege because you went to college or whatever that is. So what are your thoughts around privilege that we that we currently have? So do you see yourself as someone having privilege? And then we could talk about like the bigger sense of privilege, like it, outside of us. So, Carmen, if you want to, like, just take your thoughts on that.
5: I was trying to think about this. So I do see myself now in a position of privilege that I also wholeheartedly believe that I elevated myself to through a lot of hard work and to everyone's point, that education piece. Um, I think that for a lot of people, you have to know where you've come from in order to kind of know where you're going. And I do think for me, history and education and all of that is extremely important because those are the things that get me angry and make me want to succeed that much more to prove a point that, um, for lack of a better word, like regardless of what the statistics say or what history has written, I want to change that narrative through what I can control and what I'm doing. Um, and so I do think now that where I'm at, I am in a position of privilege to an extent because I am still surrounded in my current position uh, by a lot of white males. And even my interaction, even as a, a person of color that is also a a woman, um, that's even a, a that's a whole nother uh, thing to discuss there. But um, I do feel like I am in a position of privilege because of the education that I received and paid for and for, you know, busting my butt in college to get the internships that I got in order to get to the position that I'm at. Um, I could have easily just been chilling all summer, um, and not putting in the hours and trying to change my own narrative. I went through minority internship groups like in roads. Um, I know there was a group up here SEO that I got rejected from. (laughs) Um, but, just going through those roads and trying to find those avenues and things and outlets that would help me, you know, get me to the position that I'm um, in to be in a position of privilege to help others um, and not in a sense of, you know, to hand out money um, just to, to recognize my privilege and a privilege that, you know, I've now catapulted myself to um, because the color of my skin definitely didn't get me (laughs) here.
0: (laughs) Mm, right right nasima i know i know you had like like you actually you were on like instagram and facebook you had like a couple like people like it was like a conversation you were having with people about privilege itself so can you discuss like your position on privilege itself and how you feel about your own privilege if you feel you have it if not like
1: um i'll start by saying that having that conversation definitely shifted my perspective a little bit however um, I feel like a lot of times people use privilege as an excuse, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I'm just not an excuse maker. I'm I'm just not about that life. And so that's when I kind of get heated. Like, don't make it seem like like I was handed these things. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know how much I struggled. Yes, I I went to the, uni- the best universities, but you don't know. Every time I walked around campus, people will walk up to me and say. So what sport do you play? And I had to battle those things. I've had to battle um, not being accepted into certain programs, but still pursuing. I had to battle not getting certain jobs in my career for soft skills. Um, That's why I actually left administration and went into nursing. So I didn't go into nursing chasing money. I went into nursing because I wanted the autonomy away from being in a bureaucratic system Mm -hmm. that I knew was systematically holding me back. And then, (laughs) and, and even in nursing school, A lot of people don't know, and I don't share this often, is that I was held back a year because my teacher wouldn't dumb down her class for me. So I've been through the struggle, okay? But the difference between me and that person that thinks I'm privileged is I didn't give up. So when people talk to me about privilege, I do get a little hot about it because I'm like, you don't know how hard I had to fight. But at the end of the day, I'm in rooms like this. I'm, I'm meeting with people who a lot of people don't have access to, I have been able to explore the world. I've been able to make that amount of money because of what I did. So I guess I am privileged in that sense because like that quote said, it's not about what you went through, it's what you, uh, about what you didn't have to go through, right? <laughs> Something like that along those lines. But yeah, I didn't have to go through maybe something that the next person had to go through, but I have been through a lot. But the difference between me and the next person is is that I use failure as a launching pad. I don't use it to hold me back. And so I am where I am, not because of all the successes I've had, but because of all the failures that I've had. So when somebody brings up privilege to me, I you know, I do get a little hot and heavy because I feel like <laughs> they, they try to downplay what I've been through. So it's not <laughs> And I feel like I get, I genuinely get upset because I know the power that financial freedom has given me and I want everybody else to have that. And so when I see people like me make an excuse like that, it genuinely hurts me because they don't want more for themselves. So yeah, I get passionate about it. And, um, <laughs> I'm not one to hold back. I speak on it. I speak what's on my on my mind, and it's not. I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm not trying to downplay anybody. But I want you to want for you what I want for you. You have mm. to want it for yourself, and when you don't want it for yourself, it hurts me. And so, yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I get hot.
0: You know, and I think you brought up a good point. I think a lot of it is, it's like you know. I acknowledge I think acknowledgement is like what a lot of people want so whether that is yes you know you 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 probably had it hard and still have it hard um and but it's like our your goal like if you are a person in this space and you have successes like okay but I want to show you that if I was able to do this like you can do it too and a lot of it is it's the mental work that needs to be done is that emotional work a lot of it is internal like that's the first step is just believing you can do it um so to me I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too
3: um, I remember when I talked to you on episode, I asked you, or I, I talked to you about privilege because I always like to look at the glass half full. And so there are certain things that are in my life that help me. Um, and it's really because of that tendency of optimism. I call those things privileges. So I make money. I, my parents are still alive. My siblings are still alive and neither one of them need to ask me for money. I don't, I can go for, I've been going for years without having to give anybody any money in my family. Um, and other people don't have that experience. I, my parents live close by to me. I didn't have to pay for daycare. I saved thousands of dollars from living, choosing to live close to them. I bought a house at the right time. It has doubled in value. Um, and I'm curious. I explore. I read, I learn, and I'm constantly searching for, um, what to do. Like, what, how do I get what's inside of me to come out in a way that is, um, noticed and valued by others in society? And so all of those things are my privileges, but it's just important to point out that everybody in this group I believe and I I feel like I'm getting hot like I was trying to have fun with this conversation but I feel so hot like I feel like I just need to like I I don't know it's just there's a lot in my mind there's a lot in my heart um and so I don't want anyone to listen to this and feel like I'm like we're mad we're not mad We're, we're just so passionate about this but like Disadvantages that were there along the way um, made it so that we had to create a semblance of privilege. It's not privilege that was given to us; it was privilege that was created, and it was created by choices. Uh, um, let me stop sounding so mad. It was created by choices, and no, <laughs> like it was created by choices. It was created by action. It was created like we did this. So, yes, I did it. We did it. We're doing it, and we're continuing to do it, and you guys who are listening need to do this stuff with us because we're here. We're, 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 we want you to create those same privilege for, privileges for yourself, not so that you can lead the lives that we're creating for ourselves, but so that you can lead the lives that make you feel like like your heart is just like in it, like you have that energy that we have and that you're, you're, you're leading that life that, that we're, I don't know, we're trying to create too. So you can edit that how you need
0: to, but I don't think I need to edit that. That was, that was, that was wonderful. All right. So rich and regular, what about you guys? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think
4: I, I, I agree with everything that was said before. I just, I think everybody has some level of privilege. Like if you are listening to this podcast and we're digitally literate enough to find it and play it on your smartphone, you got headphones and you're in America and you're on a data plan, like, there's a level of privilege and you're able-bodied. There's a level of privilege associated with all of that. Um, I think to everyone else's point, the privilege that we experience is an earned privilege and not necessarily one that comes automatically because of the color of our skin. And I think what we're really talking about is class mobilization and within class, as you ascend to different class levels because of your income, your privilege means less and less in those, in those um, stages. And so the the tension that we're talking about is sitting in rooms where we know that we deserve to be there, at tables where we know that we're one of the smartest voices, you know, at it and still not feeling heard, still not feeling like respected, still feeling tokenized and still feeling like we are not supposed to be there and that that is it's hard to call that a privilege. It's hard to call it a privilege to still sit at the table even though people are looking through you and and not mm-hmm. listening to you and so I, I do want to acknowledge that yeah I think we get a little heated because it doesn't always feel like a privilege but obviously you know there's some level of privilege I think was associated with everyone
2: I think y'all have covered the basis <laughs> uh, so yeah no I, I think I don't want to come across as is as, as angry because if I get hot I I don't know that I'll be able to censor myself um but I, I think y'all have covered covered the bases pretty well
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and glad i forgot who brought it up oh i think it was you tamika about not having to give your family like money so that's a big actually thing like because our circumstances are our, our circle whether that's family and friends influence us a lot and so some people are dealing with like a circle family just uh, situations in which they don't they feel like they don't have a lot of control over it and um they're in a place where they do have, they feel responsible for family members. And some of that is just, that's kind of like what you do. Like you, some of this is like cultural, like where you are supposed to look out for your mom and grandma, especially if you have like family members overseas, like back home that, you know, you're supposed to help in certain areas. So that's the expectation. So, Let's talk about that because if you're coming from a place where um, generationally you have not had a lot, then not only are you having to like look out for your own retirement. So let's not even talk about trying to retire early. But first of all, you're just trying to retire, even if you can. But then you have your mom, grandmom, and other people who are not set up to retire at all. And so you have to help them too, which also then creates this kind of just starting block that's like just – broken so let's talk a little bit about that Carmen what are your thoughts on just like that process that, that side of things helping family and friends how do you know what and so we could talk about that but now I want to also start switching the conversation to what people can do about it so I also want this to be alright some what are some inspiration actionable items now that we can tell people to go out and like do and feel so that they can really start feeling like they can reach their goals but Carmen you can like kind of take on like that family aspect of things
5: I think the family aspect, sometimes I, I think, um, especially in the black community, the Hispanic community, you do feel a large sense of responsibility to take care of your family and stick together because at the end of the day, you, family is all you have type deal. But, um, I think understanding what behaviors are very, very, toxic and coming into that and learning that as you get older and starting to separate yourself from that and create clear cut boundaries is something that, um, can kind of combat the family financial fatigue that you can get when, you know, your brother's constantly calling you up for X, Y, and Z, or he's gotten into, uh, uh, your mom's gotten into this situation and really needs your help. I think that it's a perpetual cycle that eventually at some point just has to stop. Um, and really I'm the type of person, I'll just have a conversation with you. Like if we're doing exchanges uh, for Christmas, and I don't have the money to do it, I'm going to say, I'm not doing it. So don't expect anything from me. Um, But I know a lot of people can't have that conversation or don't want to, because they're timid around trying to, you know, appease everybody. And it's just not possible. And at the end of the day, I don't want to say you you should look out for yourself first, but it is a form of self care that you're creating these, these healthy boundaries um, when it comes to setting up your financial future And if it is going to start attacking that, the basis of that, that foundation of you, you know, being on track to to reach financial independence, then you really need to start having some real conversations with the people in your family. Like, you know, we were just talking about privilege. It also correlates and and uh, translates to our family as well, because you get somebody that gets on and, you know, they expect Everybody's on now. We all on. Like everybody, you won the lottery. We all won the lottery. <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily work like that, especially if we are not putting in forty hours and fifty and sixty hours every week. We are sitting. You were sitting on the couch, and we are going to work. Like this is hmm. not how this this functions and operates. So, me personally, I'm going to have the conversation and be like this. You know, I'm going to help you once, maybe twice, but if I see that you're not correcting your behavior in the way that I want you to, because it's my money, then that's it. Mm. Anybody
0: else want to jump in with some thoughts on that? Tamika?
3: Um So some action steps that I implement is um, one is that I always, um, I'm actively teaching my kids. I talk about it all the time about how anything that I'm learning along the way, I am actively teaching my kids. So, uh, my daughter will randomly say, can we talk about money? And she'll ask me a random question about interest or about um, just just craziness. Like, And so I know that what I'm doing is actually working. She's just thinking about it. She's 10. That's all she needs to do. She doesn't need to know all the ins and outs, the details. She doesn't know when it's hard. She doesn't need to know any of that. She just needs to know that she can think about it. She can talk about it and that she can ask some questions without feeling like she has to be the expert. So that's going to help her. And then the other thing is that we are literally living in an unorthodox time. So any of the mental hurdles, limitations, mental limitations that you have, you can rest assured that if if you want to change your situation, you can literally do anything that you want to do. You can drive a cab, you can drive a cab which used to be something that you look down on called uber or lyft and make some extra money you can take 12 of your cousins and live in a house and pay off all of your debts together i saw a story where there was a group of women who maybe five sisters who did this you'll get featured in the news for doing this so going down the normal roads where you're putting the debt of college then the debt of a mortgage then the debt of the clothes and the, the the decorations and all of of that other stuff onto just one family and one set of incomes is no longer the way that you have to do it. Think outside the box, accept it, and capitalize on it. If there are things that I could convince my family to do, we would be moving, taking all this equity, buying three properties like tomorrow. Um, And I actively work on travel trying to get them to do that. And so I think that other people need to just explore it.
0: Mm-hmm. Love those tips. What about you, Nisima? What are some things that like people listening right now, like what they need to be thinking about or can do right now to better their financial position?
1: Um, I feel like, well, I did want to touch on the um, giving money to family thing. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of like, once you make it, you want everybody to kind of, well, I know personally that I felt obligated to remain in that role like I knew what I was doing and that I did have it. So it wasn't so much of like outside pressure that um, was put on me to, you know, loan people money or help them out in certain, certain situations. It was more of a thing like, okay, I guess I have made it, so this is kind of my obligation. And if I didn't give it to them, would they still think of me as somebody who has made it? And so that was something that I have put on myself before. Um, but in going down this path of financial freedom, I understand that that was just a mindset issue. And, um, once I fixed that, then what I did was I, I still felt like I wanted to contribute, but I made it a line item in my budget. And if it was over that line item in my budget, you wasn't about to get no money. So, and I only give money because I'm the one that's going to want to fight you when I leave you with some new clothes on and you haven't paid me back. So I already know my limitation. So I just give people gifts. So, you know, I just make it in May. So that's one actionable thing. If you feel obligated to um, give to your family, set it up in your budget. And if it, it exceeds that, you say no. And then i only give gifts. And that's it. I don't want you to have to pay me this back. So since I can't give it to you, I'm, I don't have it at this time. So um, that's one actionable thing. <laughs> 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 love it.
4: Love it. That customer service
1: voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Tamika said, I feel like the world is your oyster. This is... Uh, epic time where we have so many resources. There are so many ways to make money. There are so many ways to expand your knowledge base. There's like literally no excuse to not get to where you want. It's not going to be immediate. It's not going to be, you know, get rich quick. It ain't going to be overnight. But best believe, put in the effort, put in the time. Consistency is key.
5: And you can attain whatever you want out of line. Mm, love, love, love that. What about you, Carmen? Um, I think my quick tips definitely just echoes everyone, everybody else's. It's just the education. The The world is our oyster right now at this moment. Um, and there's, we have so many resources at our fingertips, literally, if you have an iPhone, and Android, not one of those old school Nokias, but Uh, actual smartphone. (laughs) If if you are in this time and don't have a jitterbug, then you more chances are 78% of Americans have uh, smartphones. So you have more technology at your fingertips than we have ever had before. And um, it's almost becoming an extension of our knowledge base. We store all of our photos there. We, if we don't know an answer, we go and look it up. On Google, um I think that's becoming more and more uh of a habit thing now for for a lot of people. We don't know a calculation; we just compute it, so there's really no excuse not to um kind of take advantage of all of the abundance that's currently in front of us and turn it into something that we can leave uh a legacy with um whether that be you know, financially or even just through our education and the things that we're putting out there and advancing for, you know, not only people of color, but just our society in general. And I guess my tip, my biggest tip would just be to dig into the numbers and to, to really understand, again, where you came from and where you're, you're going. And I think in order to know that you, you kind of, once you dig into the history of people of color, it kind of enrages you. And again, that's what pushes me, me personally. And I think a lot of other people push, like, we got to do this. We, this, there's no, we have no option. Now we are the generation that has everything at our fingertips. We are not fighting, um, you know, other than, you know, specific movements going on right now, we are not trying to fight for our right to vote. We are not trying to fight through the reconstruction period. We're not trying to do none of that right now. So my tip is to dig into the numbers. And not use any, don't use excuses as a platform to stay where you're at. Mm, love that. Okay,
0: Julian and Kirsten, what about you guys? What are your just thoughts on how people can elevate above like, where they currently are to get to their goals?
2: Yeah, uh, I think, and this may be oversimplified, but I think uh, the, the absolute simple thing that you can do is buy a product. Um, and that's coming from someone who is passionate about our brand, Rich and Regular, but we don't even have a product on the shelf. But I'm confident uh, that everybody on this call right now has some sort of product. Uh, I believe Jamila has a community that she just launched. There are training courses. I know Carmen has hers. Uh, there are tons and tons of people out here giving you their own perspectives and counsel. Um, but what I do also believe is that um, Because our community, uh, in a lot of ways, is so insecure, uh, we have our guard up and we don't mm-hmm. trust. Right. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, why would I spend this for that person when there's somebody out there doing this other thing? Right. Um, I completely disagree with that. Um, I do think that we need to uh, start having more confidence in ourselves. And one of the best ways that we can invest in ourselves and have more confidence in ourselves is, as odd as that sounds, make yourself a little bit more vulnerable, be that much more comfortable spending $50, $100, or however much it is to open up a door to a community or a resource or some sort of product that somebody uh, on this call or who else is listening has. Um, I, I know from personal experience, and you know, growing up in Brooklyn, you know, there's a hustle mentality and you always feel like there's somebody out there trying to get you and you don't trust anybody for any reason. You'd rather do it by yourself or figure out some other way. Uh, and, and and even once you get over that hump, then the next level becomes, all right, well, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. You have to get over that hump. Um, and it's personal. It's your own hump, however tall it is. You have to get over that hump and you have to be willing to spend however much it is to invest in yourself and i think one of the best ways that you can do it is to invest in other people who are invested in you and your community like the people that are on this uh call right now Mm -hmm. my my bad for not knowing everybody's product but 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 it's but it's real right like that's that's something and we're getting ready to let's just be transparent but um that it's it's so real right and i've done it myself You you see something out there and you wait and you wait and you wait And before you know it, three months have passed and, you know, that's three months of time that you will never get back, you know, for what, $50? And, you know, for some people, $50 is a lot of money. For others, it's pennies. But it's odd to me that we're so reluctant to invest in ourselves. And so you have an opportunity to Carmen's point, uh, actually to everybody's point, this is such a unique time period. And we know this, those that are on this call, we know how critical this time is Uh, I don't know that there's ever been a better time for black people or or people of color to uh, build wealth. And so one of the best ways you can do it is to just buy the cheat code, get all the tools, however you like it, and get it the way that it was designed by somebody who has you in mind.
0: Mm, I love that. And you know what? I actually like that you brought up this whole, like, distrust factor because… It it yeah. Part of it is like if you know there's something that you do want to like purchase. That's not. It's like an investment in yourself. It's almost like this concept of, wait, no, you're not like even spending money and buying um whatever a stock right or an investment. Like you're hmm. actually like investing, educationally in yourself, intellectually. Like that, I think is like a hurdle for a lot of people, because it's hard and that is that that trust factor. Because again, a lot of us have grown up in distrustful and have been let down a lot whether that's through our parents single like you know not having father issues like a lot of things we have a lot of deep-rooted issues and um so I actually love that you brought that up because I think a lot of people listening I know for me as you were saying that I'm like yeah I, I even noticed that in myself my fear is about trusting other people and like, seeing people for who they are I'm just like wait you, you are like bringing up some old stuff it can like really affect your life and finances too so it's good to make that connection if you see it in yourself
1: I think um also people need to know that communities like this, like all of us (laughs) exist, people don't even know that it exists. Um, And so, you know, like we always say, surround yourself with people who you aspire to. You're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Get in in the same communities, in the same rooms that we exist in, and you'll see what's possible. Um, also, uh, Julian, I would really like that you brought up in investing in yourself because even, I mean, I was there too. You know, we look at the price tag and we're just like, hmm, you know, should we really do this? And now like in a rabbit hole, like you know, <laughs> down a rabbit hole because I see the value that it brings um, by investing in education, by investing in products, by getting that cheat code. And it also exposes you to another level of people, of experiences that you never knew existed. And that's another reason why I'm so passionate is because we need to be in these rooms. I'm tired of being the only person or one of two or three in these rooms. You know, we either we need to create our own rooms or we really... (laughs) Need to uh, make sure that we're represented in these communities and these masterminds that um, are about not just wealth building, but about just living a better life, like living your best life in general, in every aspect. If it's financially, if it's mentally, if it's physically, we need to make sure that we're all in these rooms. And so, you know, that is super important to invest in yourself because that's where it takes you.
0: Right, right. Okay, so honestly, I could talk to you guys forever. Um, So what I want to do now is I want to wrap up and I want each, everyone to each and everyone to go around, like tell people where they can find you. Um, So because this is going to be one of the things where like, let's direct people to the resources that we have. And um, also like one last like parting thought, um, word, advice, encouragement for someone just listening to this who wants to hear like your perspective.
5: So, uh, Carmen, you can go first. All right. So you guys can find me at my handle on everything is Make Real Sense. Um, Sense as as in like change, coins, whatever you want to call it. Um, I have free budget sheets on my website, something that you don't even have to purchase. I feel like sometimes you can't give a free product away, even though I put my heart and soul into everything I do, the same amount of time and effort goes into everything that I put out. So you get the free one. You get you, you pay for something. It doesn't matter. You're going to get a, a quality product. Just use it. That's all I ask. And my parting words, um, this is a quote that I like to leave with everybody. It's not my own quote, but I think it's something that can never be said enough. You are always one decision away from a totally different life. Take the information that you've gotten uh, from this podcast, from this episode, and go act and use it.
0: Mm, Love that.
5: Okay, Tamika, what
0: about you?
3: So I can be found at the reluctantfrugalist.com. I just talk about trying to be a frugal person when I wasn't really born as a frugal person and some of the obstacles to that. So I've had to enlist a couple of friends who are more frugal, and they also write there too now. I have a naturally frugalist person and then one who is frugal by circumstance. She actually recently... Uh, filed for bankruptcy and has gone through that process. And so now she has to be frugal. And then uh, the House of Five podcast, where we interview people on the journey to financial independence, starting from all levels, we definitely try to get a mixed group. It's not just it's going to be one one race or another. Um, and people with families, people without families, people doing sh- crazy things like the, our last uh, person writes romance novels and makes money now that the book is released every month so and my my words my words of advice are to take some time and listen to the passion that we have today and take it for what it truly is which is that we really do care about our people um and sharing what we're learning with you so that you can make the best of your own lives so take your time Figure out, you know, who speaks to you, what speaks to you, what you want to do. And then we will, if you, if we're not the resource for you, we will lead you. I will lead you to Jamila and Nesima. I'll lead you to Carmen. I'm going to lead you to Rich and Regular. So that's what we're here for. Um, and you can find the thing that is right for you. Just keep trying. Keep moving. Keep taking action. Nassima,
0: what about you?
1: All right, so you can find me at financiallyintentional.com on social media as Financially Intentional. Um, Join my Facebook group, um, just search group for Financially Intentional. Um, My parting word is that I feel um, like just like Tamika said, like we are passionate and we share our stories because we want to help you. We see the power in financial independence and what it can do for us but we're nothing without you because collectively our powers are so much stronger. Um, the, it's like compound interest. <laughs> and so, um, I feel like it's it's our way to, um, make the changes in society, um, that we want to see and really impact the issues that impact us. Um, and that financial freedom is just one of the components to get to that place. So yeah, I would just say there's a lot of people um, in this community here for you. We all have different flavors and styles. You might not jive with everybody, but you can jive with somebody. And also don't keep this to yourself. Share this with someone else. You don't have to know anything. You just have to be a millimeter ahead of the next person to help them. So make sure you're getting this message out to other people. Um Make sure that you're in um, Facebook groups or in um, listening to podcasts or reading books that you can share with people because, like I said, collectively we can do so much more.
4: And last but not least, Rich and Regular. All right. We are in Atlanta if you're ever in the area, but online you can find us at richandregular.com and all of our social media handles are also uh, Rich and Regular. And like Carmen, we also have a free. Product on our uh, website, it's a 40-page ebook that walks through why you may feel like you're going nowhere fast and just kind of talks to the realities of of building wealth in today's culture. So if you're there, grab that. Um, Our one piece of advice would be get rich, stay regular. (laughs) So this is something that we kind of hype each other up with because there's nothing wrong with black excellence. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with black excellence. But exceptionalism is not the gatekeeper for wealth you can get rich and still maintain your regular self. You don't have to wear a suit every day. Your hair doesn't have to be combed. Your scalp ain't gotta be greased. You can just be your regular self and that's totally fine. Um so yeah, reach out to us again if you are in Atlanta. We'd love to meet you. And uh thanks for listening. Wow, you guys are amazing and you know for me
0: I just wanna say that seriously like this was such a wealth of inspiration and knowledge for me right like as you guys were talking i'm nodding my head i'm like yes yes like i'm feeling this so i really hope that um listening hopefully new listeners listening really felt that too um i will link all the show like so everything that everyone mentioned i will link in the show notes um for people to find and i just want to thank you guys one last time for coming on sharing your perspectives sharing your truth your story and i appreciate you thank you Okay, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. We really uh, were passionate. And I think you heard that in our conversation. And look, you're not gonna probably jive with everything that someone said, um, but what we do hope is that you took one thing one thing you can use as fuel for your journey, one thing you can take away and apply to your life. And so if you want any of the episode show notes, you can go to com slash episode 85. You can grab any of the things that we talked about in links in the episode show notes. Also, I'd love to hear what you thought of this. I'd, even if you, know, you disagree with something or you wanna to add to the conversation, let's talk about it. Let's deepen the conversation. You can go to... Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I'm at Journey to Launch, at me there. Let me know what you thought of this. Screenshot it, share it on your social media, send it to a friend or family member who needs to hear this. You can do that by sending them to Journey to episode 85, and then they'll be able to see how they can listen to it. I also want to just address the fact that I'm very much well aware that it's Black History Month. So this is February. And if you're listening to this in real time, then yes, this came out in February. This comes out in February. And I'm always torn between content for Black History Month. It's not that I'm torn. I just believe that Black History Month should be every month. (laughs) So I understand why there's a space for it. I mean, it's needed because for so long we have been disregarded in this country so yes it's great that there's a month celebrating us but this conversation needs to happen well beyond black history month and you know because of my platform because of this platform i am going to be talking about these issues more and while we didn't address necessarily the systematic Oppression or the wealth gap and, you know, the validity of it, not that we need to validate it. This was more of a conversation on our unique experiences. I definitely do want to touch more upon what we can do because a lot of what we talked about was taking self responsibility, right? What can we do in our own lives to further ourselves? And then I realized though that there are some things we cannot control outside of our zone, right? Of control. And what do we do about that? How do we help the system? And this is from for everyone. It's not just, people of color that need to do this. This is an everyone problem in terms of making sure we are in an inclusive environment where we are allowing all races to, to flourish and especially people who have been oppressed. Okay. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. As I mentioned earlier, if you're interested in looking more into the launch club, that's our membership community where we can support one another on this journey to financial freedom and independence. Come join us. There are classes, courses, resources, community, everything and above to help you on your journey. Go to com slash launch club. And until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers.